Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello, and welcome to episode 42 of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. I have another dancer for you. I'm so inspired talking to all these dancers. They understand my love of J-Lo and Janet. They get it. They understand me. See, I think I was meant to be a dancer. Anyways, if you are a dancer, musician, or actor, welcome. And in case you missed last week's episode, where I introduced the Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive Progress Pathway Coaching Program, I help musicians, actors, and dancers who are driven to succeed, but struggle to get ahead. I help them cultivate authentic connections with audiences and industry gatekeepers so that they can build a thriving career in the arts without feeling overwhelmed or doubting themselves. If you want to stop letting fear and a lack of knowledge hold you back, I can empower you with confidence and profile-building strategies to propel you to the next level. So, if that kind of sounded like you, why don't you apply for a free coaching session with me, dianefoy.com slash booking. We'll figure out where you want to go and see if we're a match for me to help you get there. It could be for anyone around the world because the sessions are just on Zoom online. So I hope you guys take advantage of that. If you don't, if you go to the thing and you don't see a free appointment, just, you know, wait a few days and a few more will pop up, hopefully. So today's guest is Dora Award winner, four-time nominee. Anissa Tespar is a graduate of Canada's National Ballet School and is co-artistic director of Hit and Run Dance Productions. We had a fabulous conversation about the upcoming Encore Dance Hall of Fame event by Dance Collection Dance, where she's producing the performances. It's the Canadian Dance Hall of Fame, and it'll be held in Toronto. Anissa is very passionate about dance, so I'm sure you'll be inspired hearing her talk about her career and the amazing experiences that she's had including dancing works by Christopher House and Gilliam Cote, working in film and television and producing events for the Rolling Stones, Mac Cosmetics, Casa Loma, and the Toronto International Film Festival. She is a current board member for Canada's National Ballet School. For links and show notes, visit singdanceactthrive.com slash 042. The Dance Hall of Fame event is coming up. Yes. Tell me all about that. On uh, Sunday, March 29th, uh, Dance Collection Dance is um, having their third annual Encore Dance Hall of Fame induction ceremony for um, the country's, some of the country's most amazing dance artists. Every year, um, they select a group of people with incredible presenters to present them who are just as big stars as the people being inducted themselves 
and uh, they have this incredible evening of of celebrating dance and and dancers in Canada. The whole the whole uh, event is in support of Dance Collection Dance and their um, amazing initiatives in archiving dance, um, the history of Canadian dance, and you know they publish books, they publish magazines, they um, they have something crazy like you know uh, like thousands and thousands and thousands like hundreds of thousands of programs from past shows so that anytime you're ever um wondering about the history of canadian dance or wanting to look back so that you can look forward um they're the place to go so um all around a really celebratory evening on the 29th of march <laughs> oh and who are some of the inductees so it's a it's a pretty star-studded group of humans. So um, James Kadelka, formerly director of Canada's, uh, the National Ballet of Canada and, and um, choreographer, Margie Gillis, uh, superstar performer, Ethel Bruno, tap dancer extraordinaire and amazing teacher, Rosario Anser, flamenco artist and creator, Peter Bonham, contemporary dancer and director and choreographer. Michael Grea is incredible actor, um, dance theater creator. Um, and then uh, we have a luminary award um, is, and it's to somebody who is uh, influential in the community and has been for a long standing number of years. And this one's close to home. It's Mavis Staines, uh, artistic, artistic director of Canada's National Ballet School. And then there's also a, a, a new generation award for someone whose contributing uh, contribution to dance has been, you know, over the top and they're under 40 and that's to Ilter Abramnahoff, who is the artistic director of Fall for Dance North. So it's an incredible group of, of humans, super, super inspiring. And your role in this is to produce or choreograph the performers for that night? Yeah, so I'm actually not choreographing um, anything, but basically I'm I'm the performance producer. So every year that we have, well, originally when we started the the Dance Hall of Fame uh, three years ago, I was brought on as a volunteer just to support the awards and to give my voice as to how it should go. And with my event background, it seemed like a really good fit. And I really liked um, the all of the people who work at Dance Collection Dance. They're really uh, inspiring and cool people. And I really just like hanging out with them. So it became yeah. an, easy, an easy place to volunteer. And, and uh, but quickly, as we started talking about the awards, we realized that we couldn't have an award ceremony celebrating dance without having danced at the awards. So I took on the job of curating um, performances to happen as happenings in that space and that evening. Um, they happen on the same uh, level as everyone who's attending. So it's, it's kind of like they happen out of nowhere. Um, yeah, and I take a lot of pride in curating a nice group of um, multidisciplinary dance artists every year. So this year, um, the lineup is pretty spectacular. And um, although they don't uh, hit all of the uh, inductees um, on the head as far as dance styles, we try and lean into some of the styles being represented. So we have, um, you know, Travis and Tanya Knights performing um, kind of like an improvography tap performance, which will be really awesome. We have uh, Valerie and Roger Scanura who are, uh, flamenco dancer and guitarist. Uh, they're very uh, sweet friends and they're great, great, great performers. Like, I love watching them. Um, Evelyn Hart and Eugenia Chernikov will be performing uh, Four Old Legs by 
James Kadelka, which has received so much um, attention in the past few years. And it's Evelyn Hart, so you can't lose. Canadian princess superstar. We all love her. And uh, uh, Jarrah Wolf um, will be performing a duet with Evan Webb. He's currently the um, performance associate at, uh, at Red Sky. So um, he's creating works all the time. And he's an awesome, awesome, awesome dude. And then um, Adam Barrett will be performing uh, Slipstream by Marky Gillis, which is like, you know, super special. Like these are the kinds of things that generally you have to pay huge ticket prices to go and see in big theaters where you're at the back row and you're, you know, chomping at the bit to hear their, their breath and be a part of their performance. And they're going to be doing it right there, right in front of us um, celebrating this event. So it's, it's pretty spectacular as a group of performers. Yeah, and that's very cool. Uh, so that's March 29th. I will that's include the link to buy tickets on the website. Yes, I hope people will, will come out. It's it's such a great organization to support, and it's such a great night of uh, schmoozing and meeting all the dance who's who in Toronto, in Canada. Yeah. So who have been some of your mentors? You just listed off a lot of amazing talent. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who stands out to you as someone that you admired, followed their career, or someone that was in your life? Yeah, I have so many. I feel like I, I've been super. I've been super lucky. I mean, I, I think this all the time, but I don't always believe it, and I'm going to say it with belief. I've been super lucky to be able to actually um, be in the presence and work with so many people that I looked up to as a young dancer and and as a human. Um, the first person that I really just was obsessed with <laughs> in my life was Peggy Baker. She was my first contemporary dance teacher at Canada's National Ballet School, and she um, was always so supportive of me. And I'm going to cry thinking about it. Um, she, I always felt that she was really in my corner. And so to be able to perform her work as a student and then to know her as an adult and to interact with her all the time, like I see her all the time. And uh, I, I know I can, uh, I can always lean on her. And, um, and yeah, I love her. I love her deeply. And it's been really incredible to watch her as a creator and as a solo performer, which, you know, is the most daunting thing humanly possible to go on stage night after night after night by yourself. But she did it for decades. And now that she's creating group works is so, it's such a nice transition for her as an artist. And it's, it's really cool to watch someone keep reinventing themselves and their ideas around how they see their own uh, art form. It's really cool. She's, she's a very inspiring person. Um, yeah, I've been inspired by so many people. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I love people like, you know, J-Lo. I, I love my J-Lo too. I feel <laughs> like J-Lo is, uh, like she's crazy inspiring. I find her to be spectacular in every way. She yeah, does what I'm, she wants. She says, I'm J-Lo and Janet all the way. <laughs> oh, I love Janet too. I love Janet. I will yeah. not get a chance to see a Janet concert. No, I mean, they do, they do what they want. They have the voice um, and really authentic voice to themselves. They, they do good things. They take care of themselves. Um, you know, uh, I love that, that J-Lo's a mother. I love that, uh, that she uh, keeps reinventing herself and she stays incredibly current, but she doesn't pretend that she's younger than she is. She is who she is. She is where she's at. And I hope that I age as gracefully as J-Lo. Hashtag yeah. trainer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I look at her every time and go, damn, I got to work out. 
<laughs> no, I know. Well, this is the thing. I mean, I feel like with people with that kind of, um, you know, celebrity, but also money, they're able to, you know, have people look after them like chefs and massages and Pilates and, yeah. and gyms and all of those things that, you know, us regular folk can't necessarily have, but it doesn't mean that we can't look up to the integrity in which they're, they're, they're living their art form, you know, like I, I, you know, yeah, she's a pop artist and yeah, she's, um, she's for the masses and the, what I've chosen to do is definitely not, it's way more niche and arty than that, but there are things that are the same and that, you know, she, she followed her dreams. She danced, she acted, she sang, she did it all. She produces, she, um, create, like she still gets out there on stage and, and does not disappoint. It's really cool. She's a cool chick. Yeah, I always admire her work ethic because she yeah. works hard. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It is not easy to do what, what she does. And there's only I mean, she has the same amount of hours in her day as we have in ours. Yeah. She's she's juicing every second out of it. Yeah. But then, you know, I also look around in my life and you know, I feel I feel inspired by people that I work with. You know, I feel inspired by my business partner Jennifer all the time. She's a workhorse, she's incredibly dedicated to her art form and I love her and I feel inspired by my mother who is um, always tells the truth, always, 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 even if it hurts and it's kind of um, infuriating and incredible, you always know where you stand with her. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So there are things to look around you all the time to feel mentored by or inspired by. And, and yeah, like the dance stuff is, is easy because I can fall dance in love with someone after watching them once, you know. But yeah. when you get to know the person or when you get to know what they stand for, it makes it all just, uh, it's so much more all-encompassing because what we bring to the stage as performers is not just, um, you know, our bodies and our talent. It is also all the experience we've had before and all the experience we're looking forward to in the future. So that's what you feel when you feel something from a performance is not, you know, how well they executed you know what they needed to execute because of the work it's it's what they bring to it it's the individuality in every performer that makes them special yeah that's what i coach on is finding what is unique about you why should oh they yeah go see you over someone else why should they hire you or book you over someone else that has equal talent that's that's a really important thing to train for and to know about yourself you know there's that 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 line that everybody says, you know, stay in your lane or you're not in your lane or and all of that stuff. I, I don't feel like you need to stay in your lane, but I definitely think that every artist needs to know what their lane is and what needs to know what they bring to the table and needs to know what they can bring to the table. You know, it's really important. It's great that you're teaching that because uniqueness and embracing that in the context of a group is really, it's what art is about. Yeah. It's taking the time to figure out who you are, what you want, and mm -hmm. what your skills are, what your strengths are, what are your person, you know, people skills. You gotta learn people skills and yeah, and be charismatic and and but per, but authentic to yourself. And that's what you bring to everything that you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Authenticity is really. I think we talk about it a lot in terms of like the world, but I think authenticity and what we do is like is everything. And it's such a fine line, you know. I went to I went to a ballet school and. And uh, you, you learn a lot about how to not stick out, how to stay in line, how to do all those things, which are invaluable lessons. They are, they, they will travel with you in your, in like forever. Like there are things that I learned back then that I still use on a daily basis. But then as you grow as an artist, it's important to know how you're, how you can be still you within that, 
and that's where the real magic happens. Yeah, I would say it's like you got to learn the rules to be able to break them. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what was your training in dance? Yeah. So I, um, from a very young age, went to Canada's National Ballet School and became a pretty, pretty, pretty ballerina. And uh, and then um, uh, within my last few years of of ballet school, I, I started to realize that I probably would not have the career that I want to have in in ballet um you know simply i'm very tall and i'm i'm not uh i'm not ballet size as they say and so i knew that it would be uphill for me quite a bit and that i probably you know would end up standing in a court of ballet line for most of my career which is like the most beautiful work to do to work on a group especially in a team of women it's very empowering and beautiful but i knew that i wouldn't be okay just doing that for um forever and so um when choreographers would come to the ballet school and make work or set work i often got the opportunity to be in that work um which showed me also that i had a voice in a different medium and i started leaning more into the contemporary dance side of things and when i graduated i joined um as an apprentice toronto dance theater under christopher house and uh, had two great years there of transitioning out of ballet but more than that learning from the best how to be a solid uh contemporary dance interpreter, how to be in the room when someone's creating. Christopher House in the time that I was there made two new full length works. I had never been in the room at the time when someone was like really thinking it through, throwing a lot of things at the wall and seeing what stuck, throwing a lot in the garbage, working on something forever and then just saying, nope, I don't like it anymore or nope, it doesn't work for this, beautiful, but I can't use it. Or, you know, uh, learning what creation was about learning how to interpret someone else's voice but also like you said stay true to your own i learned all of that really really quickly and i was really lucky to get the the chance to just get thrown to the wolves and just uh, you know sink or swim that's the best training ground it really is and i feel like my whole career is, is a, i'm like the spokesperson for throwing yourself into stuff you know nothing about <laughs> figure it out <laughs> yeah, you figure it out and, and really you know if you if you can get past your fear if you can find the gumption in yourself to just say like forget it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna probably fail i'm gonna fall flat on my face i'm gonna you know um not be my best all of the time but i'm gonna get there and ultimately you learn you you piece together the, the puzzle as best as you can and and uh and your first few attempts are crappy and then they get better and they get better and then ultimately in the end you start being the one calling the shots yeah and you you created your own production company hit and run how did that come about yeah that's that's an interesting thing because it definitely isn't concert dance which is what i always um have been i'm definitely a concert dancer that's how i that's how my career has played out and that's how I see myself. And um, I, I um, like any emerging freelance performer, I, you know, was a waitress and I worked in a store. And, you know, I lived in New York City and had two jobs. And, uh, and you know, you have all these side hustles that you do. And I would do industrials like, uh, you know, dance shows for the, the snow, whatever, the ski and snow show at the convention center and all these things and they were all great they were great experiences but i wanted i wanted so badly for my whole life to revolve around dance and for it to be driven by me and i uh, i met this woman whose name's jennifer nichols and we met in a ballet class um when i was probably 18 or 19 years old and then 
she moved away and then she came back and we met again in a ballet class, open class. Um, you know, those are the values of going open class. <laughs> and, uh, and we got to talk and we got to hanging out. We became friends and then realized that we were kind of in the same place. We both wanted to um, uh, create things. We both wanted to work with our friends. We both wanted to stop being waitresses. So we came up with this idea to um, promote ourselves as a duo and call ourselves Hit and Run Dance Productions and to um, create works for environments and uh, people who would never go to the theater and see it. Um, you know, who wouldn't pay the ballet ticket, who wouldn't go see contemporary dance, who wouldn't go to a dance theater production or an immersive theater production, who would, you know, who aren't in that, in that, in that place in their lives. And so events and corporations and individuals um, could hire us to tailor make performances for their events. So often we work with brands and we've done commercials, television shows, um, a lot of weddings, <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of corporate holiday parties and events. Those are the bread and butter of our, of our existence. Um, who, you know, want something a little different, who want to wow their guests, who want something that's, um, that looks tailor-made to them, you know, that goes with their themes and their ideals as a company or as, as a couple or, you know, for whatever they're promoting. Mm -hmm. And then quickly, um, you know, that became really a huge part of our lives. I mean, I work on Hit and Run every single day of my life. It is all-encompassing and, and, you know, within four years, we both stopped being waitresses and we're focused on our performance careers as well as hit and run, as well as anything else that came flying our ways. We're both teachers as well. And so, you know, um, it became exactly what we wanted it to become. It became a, a life every day in and out living dance. How did you get into film and television choreography and dance? Yeah, well, I've been lucky enough to have the same agent forever, Peter DaCosta and Frank DaCosta, and um, they are, they're awesome dudes. I love those guys. And uh, I've always had a really special relationship with them because I'm not the most commercial of performers, and I don't really fit into every, you know, breakdown that comes through the agency email. I actually, I probably, you know, I'm only good for about 3% of the business that they bring in, but they've kept me on all these years. And when I was younger, um, you know, I would do fun things like, you know, movies, like I, I made this movie called, uh, I'm with a bunch of performers in Toronto, um, called uh, Steppin' Up, Save the Last Dance 2, where there was like ballet dancers in it. And I've been in, you know, some dance films and a couple of commercials and some print stuff, you know, as a dancer, and then also as a woman, you know, just kind of there and then um quickly i kind of uh with all my choreographic experience and also just with my experience in managing people with hit and run and managing other people's projects uh it became kind of clear that i'd be good on set and i got i got some chances um to support other choreographers that go in as a as a secondary to choreographers and help them out and and then like i did i've done a few on my own so you know i choreographed minority report the television show where they had all this like live vr in the air and and they had to do arm gestures and things to like but it, on like in the air you know that they would add in the the animation afterwards so it was really fun working with actors and and letting them you know <laughs> uh, laugh at themselves and also hate their jobs <laughs> when, the, when the choreographer comes in everyone's like oh no we have to dance but no it was good and you know I, I that was really fun I have I've done a lot of um, performance capture and movement um, for video games and that is a blast and a half I love doing that and I love creating that that's one of my favorite things to do 
And, uh, and yeah, and then you get to see like, you know, the, the most awesome version of yourself in the game, you know, the really buff Anissa out there. Uh, so yeah, it, it kind of came naturally and it just came over time. And, uh, and then hit and run. We, we've done like pine salt commercials and brands for Paco Rabanne and, and, uh, we've done a million fashion shows, you know, Nike, Puma, and then high fashion, like I'm for love, the wedding dress designers. And so we like all, it's all there. Like really every movement is dance and you just need to be able to frame it in the right way so that your audience understands it and your audience leans in and wants to be a part of what it is that you're creating. And, you know, we're lucky to have some great, um, people who always support us, you know, who, who bring us on their projects and include us in their huge decks of stuff. You know, we've worked for Mac Cosmetics. Mac Cosmetics is such an outside the box company. They let us do animations in stores and really, you know, we take over half the mall and do like a big old thing supporting a, a, a collection of theirs. And it's fun when people give you the reins to actually go for it and they trust your taste and they trust your vision. It, you can really bring dance anywhere. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah. I, I saw the Rolling Stones in your credits. What did you do for them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Rolling Stones story is pretty great. So I'm going to take a second and tell it because it's pretty great. Um, in the early days of Hit and Run, I mean, I still was working. We were in the first five years of our business. Jen was, uh, Jen was working in a restaurant and so was I. And it was, uh, we had cell phones, but we still had landlines everywhere. Like, this is a while ago, guys. And uh, Jen called the, the landline of the restaurant that I was at working from the restaurant she was working at and she was like what are you doing tomorrow and i was like i i don't know what do you want to do tomorrow and she said well this guy music industry guy came into her restaurant and knew that she was a dancer he was a regular knew that she was a dancer and asked her if she wanted to um make up a dance performance for mick jagger's birthday which was the next day because the stones were rehearsing for their upcoming tour here in toronto and I was like, oh my God, so we have to come up with a whole show in a day. Um, as fate would have it, the next day I had an emergency surgery um, under my arm and couldn't put my arms down. So yeah, I know, crazy. That was great timing. I <laughs> know, uh, it was in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we went into rehearsals. I couldn't put my arm down, like literally arm, one arm to the side, like always on my hip, like could not move my arm. We go into these rehearsals. We put together a cast of beautiful women that we knew, you know, we were just like, hey, want to do this? Hey, want to do this? Hey, want to do this? And everyone had to sign NDAs at the time. And um, Loren Scott, who was, who's passed, um, bless her, was dating uh, Mick Jagger at the time. And she wanted videos and she wanted to see what we were wearing. She was very involved. And uh, we showed up at the rehearsal studio. Uh, they were fully rehearsing, like, you know, all the instruments out whatever and at some point in a lull in their rehearsal the doors swung open and out we came and performed privately for the stones it was wild crazy 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 yeah and i'm you know i'm 22 years old thinking what are we doing <laughs> but, it, but it was so great and um after that you know that really launched our um you know, launched the fact that we were something different. There was an article written about us in the Globe and Mail shortly thereafter, and people started to understand that, you know, we weren't just um, a plug-and-play type of company. We were, we were on the fly making things, making decisions, using our taste, curating specific dance performances for specific people, for specific events, you know. From there also came, like, we worked with Kanye West. Um, we created a, an after-show for him after, after one of his concerts, and Rihanna... Um, you know, we've, we've got, a, we've got some great 
um, accolades because of that. Right. And you were nominated for a Dora Award uh, for a solo show. Tell me about that. I've been, I've been nominated three times. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But, and yeah, but, and I've, I won last year in, a, in an ensemble for an opera, actually, which oh, is cool. funny because leave it up to me to win in a category that I'm not even in. I don't sing at all. <laughs> So yeah, that was, I won for Against the Grain and Copernicus, shout out to my Copernicus peeps. That was a great show. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I was nominated for Adora um, on my own for a show that I created with Hannah Keel from Human Body Expression. She's an incredible friend, one of my closest friends and beautiful choreographer. And I've produced some of her work in the past as well that I haven't been in, but I've also been in three creations with her. And she created In Time, which was a, a semi-autobiographical but universal um, show about um, being in the middle of your life. Not about being new or being old, just about being in the middle. And I know that that sounds boring, but it's actually when all the stuff happens is in the middle. Yeah. It's, when, it's when you become a mom, it's when you become a wife, it's when you start having the pressures of everyday life and start planning for your future, start actually thinking about what your life's gonna be like when you're 70 when the when life isn't as sparkly as it once was when you have more bags under your eyes and maybe a little bit more of that around your middle you know all that great juicy time which is where i am now in the middle of my life (laughs) (laughs) but the show was beautiful it was a great experience to make i never in a million years would have thought that i could get on stage for 70 minutes by myself but hannah encouraged me and was really a driving force behind it we fundraised all the money ourselves and um, I produced the work uh, for myself with amazing collaborators that include um, uh, Joe Pagnan, Simon Rossiter, um, uh, uh, Noah Fever also worked on it, and um, Jacob Mitzviecki and John Zowski, who made an incredible score. So I had a great, great, great team and support. And uh, yeah, it was a big highlight for me in my career. I look back on that time with a lot of joy. I'm also so happy that I chose to do it when my daughter was a little bit older so that she could be in the audience and remember. I have, uh, I have great memories of, of her face um, right afterwards and the way she looked at me. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> special. So what are yeah. some of the challenges that you've faced along the way or lessons learned from those challenges? Yeah, um, I mean, Mm, I've had challenges, I think, in in getting to where I wanted to go as fast as I wanted to get there. You know, I think about um, when I was younger, there were a lot of years and time spent working on things that, you know, maybe weren't pushing my career forward or maybe weren't exactly what I should be doing or maybe weren't anything at all, you know. Um, but what I learned is that you know, you have to keep going. You have to move forward. If you want to do something, then just do it. You know, don't, don't make excuses for yourself. Don't think, oh, I need someone to help me. You don't, you can do it on your own. And when you need help, you ask for it, but in a very, um, you know, confident, um, knowing way you're in charge of you. And if I were to tell any emerging performers, um, any piece of advice, it would be like, just keep going. I, I, my husband says this all the time, but when you're in hell, keep going. You know, you just got to move forward, keep going, don't lose faith, don't lose yourself and definitely don't give up. You know, it's, it's at some point something will come 
and you can make it into whatever you want to make it into. Now, are we all going to be like our favorite gal JLo and have that kind of life? Maybe not. But will you have a full life of making art and being around people who you love deeply and, and supporting them and then supporting you? Yes. Yeah, it is possible. And it's just knowing your motivation to get there and creating a life that's, that you'll be happy in. Yeah. And remembering that like, you're the architect of it, right? Like you don't have to follow any kind of, um, you know, formula, like not everyone's going to get the, you know, eight shows a week, summer stock job every year. Not everyone's going to be in a Broadway musical, um, and have a, and have like a three-year contract that that's maybe not you, but, but you know, you can be the architect of how every single thing plays out in your life and how it all points to the same things and the same ideals and the same goals. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, waiting to be discovered happening. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. And it's just not going to happen. Keep waiting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a, it's a game of waiting, you know, and, and that's, and that's too bad to hear that because some people are discovered and that's so incredible and fantastic and good for them. But the most, most of us who are working artists are, it's, it's full push yeah it's full me with my foot on the gas you know in drums yeah. i always say that's the lottery you know if you, those people it that kind of do is. make it and the j-lo that's the lottery but you don't it kind of you is. don't get it yeah, without the work true. ethic no or with the continual uh voice to keep telling more stories yeah. i mean here's the thing too like you know, we all, we've all heard the term one hit wonder and you might have one show or one contract or one, you know, idea that is, is gold. But what keeps you in the game is that you have 20 of those and that you keep going, you keep going and you have, and you reinvent yourself and you reinvent what it is that you're creating, that you evolve, that you move with time, that you um, accept what's happening in the world and, in, and incorporate it into your work. I mean, we can't be dinosaurs about it. But what are common questions that young dancers ask you? advice on um a lot of them ask me how i got into producing and a lot of them ask me how i got into uh or how i got all my jobs um and my answer is always the same um i i tried really hard and then they came yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> you know it, uh uh yeah often people ask me you know how I, I got my hands in so many pieces of the pie because you know i've been lucky enough to be able to perform and to continue to perform and and then to also, uh, you know, support other people's projects, produce other people's projects, produce my own and to run a company all at the same time, not to mention, you know, at times be on the faculty of some universities. So it's, a, I mean, I didn't, I, I definitely, I don't sleep that much and I definitely don't have a lot of free time. Um, and I think people who are looking for a life of, you know, uh, long coffee uh, dates in the afternoon are not going to, uh, be able to hold down as many gigs as I currently hold down. But, you know, you have to have, you have to wake up every day and be motivated for yourself. And that's really hard when you work for yourself and all of the projects that you have are driven by you. No one's telling you what to do. You don't have a boss saying you have to show up at nine. I can show up at my job whenever I want because my job is in my head right. a lot of the time and it's in my body. So it's just discipline. Discipline is a huge part of being a performer. And even even, you know, you think that you talk to other artists, you know, even writers or um, uh, painters, you know, it's self-discipline. It's waking up each day, putting yourself in front of that canvas and painting every day. Yeah. And not, and not letting, you know, weeks get away from you or, 
or um, other stuff get in the way. You know, in, in society now, we talk a lot about compartmentalizing and that being bad for your emotions. And although I agree, I also kind of disagree. I feel like we need to compartmentalize all the time in our work as performers. We need to be able to tell the story that we're telling right now, not the story that's being told all the time in our heads. You find the project, you tell that story, you work on the next one, you tell that story. And that also goes with all the tasks that you take on. You know, there are days where I say today is a budget day and I will sit down with 18 spreadsheets and budget six shows, you know, and that'll just be my whole day is a budget day. Those aren't my favorite days, (laughs) you know, they're not my, they're not the days I look forward to, but they're necessary. I, I can't get caught up in answering the phone or looking on social media. You know, I have to just do it, hammer it out. All of those things are, are, are make pieces of the puzzle. And so for young artists wanting to get in the game, you have to be really self-disciplined and you have to um, keep learning, keep learning about all these things that you don't know about. Keep learning how, how, to, um, how to do your taxes, how to um, different modes of creation, take workshops, go to, um, go to see shows, see what other people are doing, um, create your, your taste. What do you like? What do you like seeing? What don't you like seeing? What's your voice as an artist? How is that voice translated into money? How much money do you need to make your show? How are you going to get it? Write grants, all those things. They're all a part of making your art work for you. It's really a broad, broad, broad spectrum of activity. Yeah. Yeah. The dancing is the, the cherry on top. It really is. Studio days for me are like gifts. I, when I get a whole day in the studio, I feel like angels are singing (laughs) because with everything else that has to happen to get there, it's like such a win just to get in there and to make something. It's like, it's like, Oh my God, I'm actually doing it. And you know, I even feel the same way when I'm in the room supporting someone else. You know, I work for Guillaume Cote, who is principal dancer with the National Ballet of Canada. And we were, uh, we went to school together. We've known each other since we were kids and um, we've been friends a long time. And, um, and we can be really honest with each other, which is why we like working together. It's, there's a deep level of honesty between us, but he also creates work um, as a choreographer outside of the National Ballet, although he does create for the National Ballet, but he creates work outside of the National Ballet and for independent dance artists, also for his festival in Saint-Sauveur, but then beyond that for other companies. And um, often I get brought along on those journeys and, and days in the studio with him creating, days in the studio rehearsing him because often he's in the shows and I have the deep pleasure of rehearsing a dancer of that stature. Those are all days where we get to work on the thing that we know the best, you know? Dance is what I know. It's the thing I feel most confident with. Everything else is, you know, ah, <laughs> running around with my hands in the air screaming, you know? Yeah. So those are those are those are amazing days. They're they're gifts. They it it makes you appreciate what you do so much more when you have to do all the back end of it. It really does. And then when you get to go dance for someone else, I just just had the immense pleasure of dancing for a good friend of mine, William Young, his show about a month ago called Eden Planted, which was presented by Harborfront and Next Steps. And walking into that room and having him come up with all the ideas was amazing. I felt like I was like uh, you know. At, uh, at Club Med, <laughs> all I had to do was do it. All I had to do was uh, bring my voice to it. All I had to do was execute and, uh, and be generous. And that was, oh, what a, what a great time that is, you know? Because after doing all the grunt work, it's so beautiful to like just dance and to, and, to have, and to be able to focus on your voice and to focus on what you're saying and to focus on 
how you're going to temper your performance, when you're going to do this, when you're going to do that. Oh, it's great. Dance is so, it's such a gift in that way. And I appreciate it so much more now that I have to do all the other work for it. I have to cast it, and, you know, uh, organize it, schedule it, budget it, costume it, light it. That stuff is, is uh, that's the work, the dances, like you said, the charity. Yeah. So that's your why. I was going to say, what is your yeah. why? But it's, you get to do that. That's why you yeah. keep going on all those There's, challenging parts. Yeah. And then as I, as I transition into, you know, not dancing as much, I'm not as young as I once was. And, and, um, and as I transition into only doing a few projects a year as a dancer and maybe even less than that, I, I can't tell you that there is a better feeling than sitting in the audience or watching your work or, or the work that you're supporting come to fruition. It, 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 it emotionally like moves me every time. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm easily emotionally moved that actually th I think that's why I have great taste in performance is because I'm moved by a lot of things. But I love the feeling of it just about to happen. And you know that you've given the torch away. The performers are going to go out there and they're going to do it. They know what they're doing. They're beautiful. They're perfect. They are going to bring a true sense of authenticity to their performance. And you get to sit there and sweat like a pig from stress and enjoy it. It's great. There's nothing like it in the world. It's the best feeling ever. It's a huge high. Wow. I could live it every weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. But super stressful at the same time. I mean, it's like the best and the worst of feelings, you know, sweating like a pig sitting there because you're just so stressed. But it's so great. And when, when the curtain comes down or when the performance is over, like in hit and run, you know, when, when the audience goes wild or when everyone says to you, oh my God, that was so spectacular. I mean, it's just so unexpected and special and there's just nothing like it. It happens live. Live performances. I mean, when, when have you ever been on stage and thought, oh my God, did I lock my front door? Yeah. <laughs> you don't think those things. You don't think those things that you do in regular life because performance is, it's minute by minute, but you're the most present you can possibly be in life. And I think that's the drug. There's no riffraff. There's no, there's no clutter. There's no, there's no dust in your head. You are focusing on what you're doing and how you're going to do it and the people around you. And that is it. And it's just so crazy in this day and age to be that present. You know, there's no phone in your hand. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. You know, it is amazing. That, and that's why I feel like live performance like will never die. We'll never not want to see that thing that is so unique to that moment. It can never be repeated again. Yeah, and as an audience, you're, you're a couple hours where you actually turn your phone off. <laughs> yeah, and you're watching art be developed in front of your eyes. And like I said, it will never happen like that again. You will never see that dynamic play out that way ever again than that moment that you experienced with the whatever, you know, thousand people that are sitting in the audience with you. Yeah. It's incredibly special and intimate. Yeah, obviously I'm a performance fan. I think that that is clear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still not over it. You'd think after all these years and after like living through the best and the worst of it, I'd be over it, but I'm so not over it. It's still my favorite thing. It still is from when I was like four years old to now. <laughs> yeah, there's some experiences that just don't get old. No, I'm never, I'm never bored of live performance. I'm never bored of seeing art happen in front of my eyes. Never. And maybe that's just me, or maybe that's because I've been so lucky to be a part of and, and see such amazing work. But I think if, it's, if, it, if it 
if it's moving to you, it will always be moving to you. Yeah. And it makes all the other yeah. stuff worth it. Oh my gosh, 100%. Even though, you know, if you ask me on a random, you know, weekday afternoon, I'd be like, no, screw this. I'm going to throw my computer in the garbage. I hate everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but then get me in the theater and I feel very different. Yeah. Yeah. Often I find that the, the worst days are, and the best days are the same day. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the yeah, crap 100%. leading up to it. You're like, I know. I'm going to quit. And then you see the performance. Well, for me, it's seeing the performance for you. It's performing. It makes it all worth it. Yeah. And then also I think anything worth doing is also worth quitting. You know, yeah. like <laughs> if, if you want to quit something, it's because you feel so strongly about it that it's almost the same as if you loved it so much that you felt so strongly yeah. about it. So sometimes, <laughs> so sometimes, you know, they come hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for your time today. And I look forward to the event, the Hall of Fame event on March 29th. It's going to be star-studded and incredible at the Golden Mail Center. It's just going to be the best um, culmination of, of so many dance styles and, and so many dance artists. And beyond that, fans. There'll be a lot of dance fans there and people who have followed the careers of these amazing artists. It's going to be a cool night to. Um, to pat ourselves on the back as the community of dance, but then also to thank all the people who have uh, made it all happen. Yeah, and if you're a young dancer, get there, be in the room with all these people. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh, if you're a young dancer, this is, the, this is the best room of all time. I mean, I can't tell you how many times my breath has been taken away by things that I've seen or things that I've heard. The, the speeches alone by these inductees are so, um, you know, beautiful to hear the voice of these artists that you've seen move your whole life and then they get up there and they they sound just like us you know they sound like oh it was so hard when I was younger or you know I, I've been so lucky or I've had really rough times or, or whatever it is it, it's really um, incredible to get a little you know magnifying glass into these people that you looked up to your whole life and to see that they're like human too you know what I mean yeah. it's really cool yeah it's amazing okay and where can people find you online um i'm on instagram at anisa tejpar and um you can also look up hit and run it's at hit and run productions on instagram we post all of our performances coming up and all of our past stuff and we also um yeah link to a bunch of other great artists too cool well thank you so much thank you thanks for having me fun times Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists and industry influencers.